Welcome to The Forbes Factor, featuring celebrity TV host, million-dollar entrepreneur, and renowned health and fitness superstar, Forbes Riley, a familiar face from TV, as well as one of today's most sought-after female motivational speakers today. You'll connect with some of the top experts in health and fitness, business, and personal development, as well as some surprise celebrities, all sharing their insight, tips, and tricks to finding true happiness. Now, here's your host, Forbes Riley. Uh, Hello, everybody. It is Forbes Riley, and you're listening to The Forbes Factor. It is the day before Halloween if you're listening live, which is one of my favorite and not-so-favorite holidays. You know, as an actress, I play dress-up all the time, so it doesn't surprise me. I mean, some of my costumes are a little more outrageous than others, Um, but I actually love Halloween, and I really love it because I have two children. Well, I, I had two children. Now I have two teenagers. That's a very different conversation. So my daughter comes home last night and says, oh, mom, you know what we dressed up last night? I said, what? She said, shark victims. Now, we live in Florida. She said, we poured blood all over ourselves and went around screaming. I'm like, that's great. And you know what she wants to go tomorrow night? She wants to be the purge. I don't know if you've seen the movie Purge. That's where the, the government gives you one day to kill anybody that you want. I'm like, girlfriend, we do not want a group of teenagers running around purging people. So please, whatever you do, just be safe. I love you. Uh, and then her twin brother just goes along because he's the nicest kid on the block. He's like, oh, mom, blood everywhere. I'm like... Not real. No, no. Cairo syrup, it's sticky and it's sweet. And it's, the dog started licking the blood off of me and it was a nasty video. But on that note, I do love it. And then I hate it all at the same time. Why? Because you tune into Forbes Factor for a couple of reasons. One, we focus on health, wealth, and happiness. You know you can't have one without the other. Uh, you can be the wealthiest guy on the block. And if you're 300 pounds, you've got diabetes, neuropathy. And like one of my dear friends had his foot cut off. Let me say that one more time. Loved all his steak, his rich sauces, his fine wines, had his foot cut off. Yeah, I think when I saw that, it kind of drove home about why this healthy lifestyle. And then you can be the fittest man on the block. I'm going to another fitness competition in Mexico next week. Uh, The WFF uh, sponsoring my uh, fiance, who is going for his second world championship title. This one is an international platform. Very proud of him. But how do these guys all make money? You know, it's one thing to look that fit and live in an apartment you can't pay for. So for me, the word happiness is what I strive for every day, how to find that balance, how to take the the annoying voices out of your head so you can live your best life possible. Okay, a couple of announcements before we get into the meat of today's show. November 14th is the launch of my next book called What Have You Forbes Lately? Now, we all know that Forbes, to Forbes something means to manifest it, especially when nobody else thinks it's possible. So I ask people all the time, what have you Forbes lately? And then I get amazing people go, I Forbes it. So we're now becoming an active verb in the Urban Dictionary. But the book is focused on 36 of my amazing students who've gone through my personal training. Uh, I do a thing called www. That doesn't sound like actually a World Wrestling Federation. www.forbesfactorlive. It is a training that I do four times a year. We usually sell out at the very beginning of the year because there's only about 50 people per training. I only do four of them. The last one coming up is November 15, 16, and 17, the day after the book comes out. Uh, And to celebrate the book, my amazing publisher, Michael from Beyond Publishing, is bringing about 200 of his closest friends, authors, and people to celebrate down to St. Petersburg, Florida, where it is still, by the way, a very balmy 88 degrees. Said that for uh, everybody listening. 
And uh, we're going to have a giant celebration. So for two days, we've got cocktail parties and speeches on stage. And little John John, a 15-year-old, I don't think he's even 15, is going to set the world record uh, for doing a skydive and signing his book at the same time. We're all about being motivational and, and kind of outrageous. So to that end, if you want to know more about Forbes Factor and how you can break through, this book is about 36 entrepreneurs who have manifested amazing dreams and goals that, they, that no one around them thought was possible. So they're very, very powerful stories, and I invite you to, to join us. If you're interested in being in the next book, I don't know. You can apply. You can find me on social media, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook. What I would like to do now, though, is introduce my very first guest because I love mindset. Everything happens in the mind. You know, I say it all the time. If you focus on it, it expands. But I will tell you, as hip as this guy is, he's doing his very first Facebook Live today, thanks to me. Come on. Give it up. Give it up. Now, how do I know about Facebook Live? Dude, I have two 17-year-olds. It helps a lot. So please welcome to the stage, Mr. Tom Kirsting. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm awesome. Now, you've got a pretty impressive resume, including spending a lot of time on TV, not unlike me. Uh, you contribute to Fox Carlson. You're on Fox and Friends, which I've done a bunch of times, crazy people over there, the Today Show. But you've also hosted series for A&E Food Network. Tell us a little bit more about you so my audience can fall in love with you. All right. So I am a licensed psychotherapist. I have a private practice and my whole mission is exactly what you're talking about, to get to empower people to, to find the best version of themselves. So that starts with yourself. So that's got to start with me, right? I have to be the best version of myself that I can be if I'm ever going to be able to help anybody. So it started back, uh, I wrote a book, actually a weight loss book. We talked about it earlier back in 2007. And the story there is, is basically endurance because I had no platform at all, I had a great concept, but I, had, but I was, nobody knew who I was. So you know what publishing is like, you have, have to have some kind of a platform, but I wouldn't take no for an answer. So I kept pitching different publishers, pitching different publishers. I had an agent. After about 60 rejections, a small publisher in Washington was looking for a holistic type of weight loss book. They took a shot on me and that book came out. And that's what led, believe it or not, to my, my TV career because they had hired a publicist and I went on TV for the first time and they were like, wow, you're a natural on television. And from that point on, all the TV stuff um, kind of exploded and I've hosted shows. I still do a ton of stuff uh, as an expert. And I've written another very popular book that I self-published that sold 40,000 copies on my own. And now that just got picked up by a major publisher for the revised version that's coming out early next year. All right. So let's delve into not that side of that, that side of your world real quick. You chose to self-publish versus a publisher. Why did you do that? Because I had, you know, I had, I, I'm sure you've written a book proposal. So oh, yeah. any, anybody that's listening, writing a book proposal is more difficult than writing the book itself. Mm -hmm. So I was going to contact, you know, an agent that I'm, that I'm tight with in, in, in New York. And I said, you know what, I'm doing all this stuff. I'm going on TV regularly. Let me just try it on my own first. I'll self-publish it. It's very easy to do. And thankfully, I had a platform to do that. And because of the success of the book, it's now gotten you know, picked up. I went to auction, got picked up by a major publisher. So now I'll have a lot more distribution and you know, uh, the backing of their marketing and publicity and so forth. And just to get that message and out there. What is the title? What's the title and nature of this book? So the, the self-published book is called Losing Weight When Diets Fail. That's it right there. Um, nice. The new version, and uh, I'm sorry, Losing that's the old book. It's called Disconnected, How to Reconnect Our Digitally Distracted Kids, something I've been lecturing on for about 10 years. I go all over the country about the impact of technology on kids' brains and what it's doing to them and so forth. The whole very popular book. Uh, the new title, this is the existing title is called 
losing uh, called Disconnected, How to Reconnect Our Digitally Distracted Kids. The new title is going to be called Disconnected, How to Protect Your Kids Against the Dangers of, of uh, Device Dependency. Oh, interesting. All right. Well, you know, it's a very funny thing because I am uh, the baby boomers. My then I'm dealing with millennials and my baby, my kids are, are uh, generation Z and yep, I've had yep. my two little kids say to me, you know, mom, being on social media is so out now, you know? And I'm like, did I miss something? This, yeah. yeah, I sit around the adults. You're like, we all talk and hang out with our friends, but you guys are all like committed to your phones. So don't be telling us it's all about what we're doing. And I thought, isn't that kind of right. funny how things go a little cyclically? All right. So why a psychotherapist? Where did that even come from for you? So it's interesting. So I was actually an athlete. I was a baseball player. I was a very good baseball player. I played for one of the top baseball high schools in the country and then went and played in college in uh, upstate New York. And interestingly, I, I just kind of stumbled into college. I started as a criminal justice major because I had a major in something. And really, Where'd I you go to college? St. Thomas Aquinas. That's a small, okay. small college up, upstate New York. Hey, University of Rochester, okay? I oh, you know what I'm talking about. You know, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. about. Yeah, upstate. So, yeah, exactly. I'm right on the New York state border. So, um... I, you know, I didn't, I just, I wanted to play baseball. I mean, that's all I, I wanted to be a major league baseball player. It was pretty good. And then you could come to realize, you know what? I don't know if that's going to happen. So I, um, well, go for a second to that. I actually know a couple of athletes who never quite made it over that hump, which is kind of yes. interesting because we all sit here and we all, you know, rat on our favorite athletes or not athletes. We get to judge them. By the way, being a professional athlete in today's day and age, it's, you're so under a microscope that I would think that's the worst play. It must be so hard. But what is it? What is that difference between somebody who goes pro like at that level and somebody who just kind of makes it? It's it's literally like this. So you could play it even in minor league baseball. I mean, you could. That's a very high level of baseball. But the difference, it's probably harder to get from the minor leagues to the major leagues than it is to get from high school baseball to the minor leagues. Okay. Um, it's just it's a different level of talent. I mean, that's just the bottom line. You don't want to admit that. I mean, I want to think I'm I was great and you know I dominated, but. These guys are just at a different level. I mean, it's a whole different level. Those so guys what are. do you think, having gone through that, and obviously you spend a lot of time talking to kids, about parents who push their kids into this, thinking that that's what they're going to become, bro? Yeah, well, I've, I mean, I, you, you, I have two teenagers myself. My son is 16. He plays baseball. I coached for many years. My daughter's 13. And I'm a twin, by the way. Ah, I have a twin sister. So we have nice. a lot in common. So I think, you know, this is what I, so coaching, when I coached this uh, very competitive, I was the assistant coach for a very competitive club team. And everybody, and this is like 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, everybody's talking about all the parents and the other coaches about winning, winning, winning. And I'm going to be honest with you. I never gave a darn about winning. I could care less if we won. I mean, we won tournaments and all that. It was more about you know, building that team camaraderie for me, helping these kids feel, uh, be confident, um, help them be better at baseball, and ju just to enjoy doing that. And if you're going to be even a top player in these leagues, the likelihood of them going you know, to the major leagues is like less than 1% probably. So I think too many parents are disillusioned. You know, they think, my kid, he's a great athlete in the town of uh, such and such. Um, he's going pro. He's going division one. They're disillusioned. You know, what you want to do is have, find a balance for your kid. You want to definitely you know, push your kid to be motivated, for sure. But you don't want to push them based on your own agenda, nor, um, you know, uh, because it's something that you want them to do. You want to really let them guide you a little bit and then direct them towards their path. But if we well, shove I'm, things down their throat. Yeah, I agree. And for me, I'm excited that I'm an older parent because I lived my life and I'm not living my, my life through my children. Yeah. And, and I said to him the other day, because when my son was about 10 years old, he was very upset in the back of the car. He's like, mommy, I don't get it. I'm not good at anything. Everybody's like good at something. And I was like, let me share something with you, Riker. Having been a little further down the road than you are, 
I don't want you to be that good at something because odds are we got up at every morning at 5 a.m. to take you to swim class. Even if you made the Olympic team, very few people are professional swimmers or if you spend every day playing the piano or the trumpet or whatever you did and were so into band practice, I said, here's what I've learned being an adult, that you are much better off being good at a lot of things rather than being great at any one thing unless you're a super great. And it's so funny because they said to me the other day, mom, we, want, we really thank you because what that amounted to for them is they can ski and snow, they can scuba dive and they can play tennis and they can go bowling and they can do roller skating and play two songs on the piano. And I'm like, yes. You don't understand how that makes you like the perfect date, good friend. Ex- I mean, that to me is, so if you're not going to be that oomph pro, yeah. understanding how to enjoy your life. But I guess it goes down to a lot of people trying to live through their children, yes? It does. And, you know, as far as getting back to what you talk about, about being good at something, how about being good at being good? You know, raising good kids with values, with integrity, with morals. I mean, that's what we want for our kids. We want our kids to be happy. We want them to do what's right. You know, we want them to thrive. No, 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 want you and be- I want to do that. Let me share yeah. something. There's, there's no financial reward or scholarship for being good. Yeah, I know. Um, I know I've I seen know. the news lately about how to get kids into college. So, you All know, those stores, yeah. so it's an interesting thing when there's so many people, you know, working to be good and so many people who are not. And I also, you know, it's funny. I taught something else and I bring back crazy memories. But when the kids were in, uh, when Mike was in Little League, he I'm a, you know, I'm also, I, I do my own kind of brain work and hypnotherapy and I'm a magician yeah. and so I see things a little differently. And I convinced his coach when they were in Little League, he was eight years old, to uh, go in and do a little hypnotism because Riker came home one day and he said, Mom, the ball's going to hit me in the head and I'm going to die. And it dawned on me that that was why he would flinch or freak out or swing at wild things. And so I sat the whole team down and we did, I know this was crazy, did a guided meditation about how the ball is attracted to the bat like magnet, just a whole bunch of things. And how when you hit it, you're thinking about going way over the moon all the way to China. They won that year. Now I'm going to, I can't really take credit for all that, but I will tell you, I think I set their little brains on a very exciting path of what teamwork was about how to magically create and manifest what you want. They won. I'm just saying. It's so funny you say that because my son's team, going back five years ago, we were playing a really good team out of New York City, and we were at this in, in, out in Long Island. We were at this big baseball facility, and I did the exact same thing with the team. I had them lay down, and there's all kinds of people over. They were all laying down, and I did a guided self-hypnosis session for them, directing their minds towards you know, not only just being calm, but being so super focused on the ball and the game. And, the, and we, we were winning that game. This is a team that was one of the top teams like in the country, and we were winning that game going into the last inning. We did lose the game, but I mean, those guys were, you know, we had them sweating and the t- team played fantastic, but it's so true. That's how I got into baseball, actually going back to my story. So I ch- wound up not being able to throw strikes my sophomore year in college. I lost the strike zone, went and saw a hypnotherapist. And then I was fascinated by that. And I changed my major to psychology and the rest is history. Well, it's funny because I didn't do that until after college. I was doing a play where I had to memorize 250 pages and play 15 characters. Lily Tomlin had written this play. My God, I, I'm good enough. I auditioned, got the job. And then about a week into this, I walked around all day going, I can't do this. There's no way nobody could do this. There's no teleprompter. How would you know? And I stumbled into a hypnotist, a hypnotherapist couch. I don't even know. And the three things that he said to me changed my life forever. One was stop saying you can't. And I'm like, but I can. He's like, see, I'm like, what? So I kind of understand now the, or then between conscious and subconscious Number two was to write it in cursive in longhand. You wrote each sentence two times and the third time in the air and hooked it around. And then the third time was to say it all into a tape recorder and listen to it every morning and every night. Well, the play was two and a half hours. That was a lot of my time. Here's the end. The end result was 
<laughs> eight months of a successful run, eight times a week, and I never missed a single word. So it works. And one of my favorite quotes that I use all the time is the following, that I stole, I think it was from Henry Ford, maybe. Whether you think you can or think you can't, either way, you're right. Okay, so you're my brother from another mother because that lives on my Facebook page. And I did mm-hmm. not know you were going to say that. Yep. How exciting yep. is this? You know, guys, we're going to, in just a minute, we're going to take a break, listen to some sponsors and come back because now I want to figure out how you take your dream and help my, my peeps out there who are struggling. And I have some of the answers, but I love hearing it from different sources because often what you'll hear is you'll hear the same thing, but it's not what's being said, but it's the messenger. Mm-hmm. And so I have a lot of people I think who would really admire what you've got to say, you know, how old I are you? I- uh, six, my son is 16. He's a junior in high school. My daughter just turned 13, so she's in seventh grade. All right. So for the minute we've got before my break, let's totally change subject. What are they going to be for Halloween? Well, I, you know, my son is like, I don't even know if he's doing anything for Halloween. My, my daughter, um, she told, I don't even know what the heck she's doing. She's going to be some character, her and her best friend together. Um, I, I don't even know what they're doing. And I, all I know is like, I'm not allowed to go out trick-or-treating. And I think last year was the first year I was not allowed to go out trick-or-treating anymore. And I really enjoy doing that because we have one street in my town and there's thousands of people on it. Right. And now it's like, I'm going to work tomorrow on Halloween in the afternoon and I'm sad about it. Oh, that's too funny. I'm actually flying to Seattle. So I'm also a little sad about it as well. I'll be out there. I'm going to be there next week doing a lecture in Seattle. In Seattle? Yeah. When are you getting there? I'm getting there next. When, not, what's today? Wednesday? A week from tonight, I fly out. I'm actually going to miss you by about four days. Then I'm heading to Vegas. Then I'm heading to Mexico. But something tells me, Tom, you and I need to be friends. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think All so. right, everybody. We've got about 30 seconds to a break. I want to thank you so much every week for tuning in to the Forbes Factor and sharing it with your friends. Not only are we on Voice America live two times. At, well, we're live now. The next one's probably taped. That's how, how life works. Uh, but we live as a podcast all over over the place share us tell your friends about us uh, we're doing we're growing an audience of amazing people and of course you know my theory on that a rising tide lifts all boats my name is Forbes Riley you're listening to the Forbes Factor don't go away be sure to friend us on Facebook you can do it right now visit facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for us at keyword voice America If you hate going to the gym, but want to shed that extra weight, finally get a flat stomach and tight toned arms, we have the most unique solution. And get this, it's fun and takes less than five minutes, two times a day. Developed by Fitness Hall of Fame inductee and TV health expert, Forbes Riley. The Spin Gym is the most compact, low-impact, resistance exercise ever developed. This simple handheld device provides the most unique fat-burning, metabolic-boosting workout suitable for all fitness levels. You've seen it on TV and in print with more than 2 million sold. What are you waiting for? Get your Forbes Riley Spin Gym at buyspingym.com. Order now and discover how easy and fun it can be to get in the very best shape of your life in just five minutes. Guaranteed. There's never been another product like the Forbes Riley Spin Gym. So try it risk-free for 30 days. Visit buyspingym.com today. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencer channel. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to The Forbes Factor. To call in with a question or comment, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. Now back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley. Hey everybody, it's Forbes Riley, and I'm talking to a brother from another mother, which I think is amazing. So how do our stories parallel? We're just meeting for the first time. We, we share the same manager in New York, and we were both athletes. I was a dancer. He was a baseball player and just came that close from playing that in the major leagues. Well, I'll tell you what, what's the analogy there is that it's okay to not get your dream because it fuels what you are doing. Same thing for me in my acting career. I came that close. I had the lead in a television series. I think the 11th hour, they gave my role to Bo Derek and broke my heart. Shad really was my biggest, it was my biggest miss to date. And I, but I listened because sometimes you're not destined to do what you want, but what the universe wants you to do. And I know that I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be helping people with books and products and all the things that I get to do. Because if that had been it, I mean, it's not like Julie Roberts has a website, you know, she doesn't. So I'm grateful for all the things that happened to me and you should be too. So as you're thinking about this coming week, I want you to really think about that life happens for you, not to you. And bad things will in fact happen to you. I can guarantee that. Kind of like death and taxes, bad things will happen. And it's not what happens, but it's how you deal with it. So one of the things we do on the Forbes Factory is supply you tools, resources, and amazing people to hear their stories. So Tom's going to next talk about mindset and how it affects everything that we do. Yes? Correct. So what you just said, how you deal with this. So I have a quote that I created that goes like this. Um, it's not the problem that's the problem. It's how we deal with the problem that's the problem. All right. I'm- so, yeah. So now, anyway, so about mindset, let me explain something. This is me as a psychotherapist, all the clients I work with. People come into me because their stuff's going on in their life. They're lost. Um, they feel like they've hit a dead end. They have anxiety, whatever it might be. And here's a quote, and I'm going to explain this because anybody watching, most people are probably not going to understand the meaning of this quote, but I'm going to, I'm going to d- deduce it very quickly. And it's by Frederick Nietzsche, the French philosopher. And it goes like this. We are under the presumption that we are thinking, but in reality, we are being thought. All right, so what does that mean? Okay, so basically it means this. The average person has 60,000 thoughts a day. 95% of those are the daydreaming subconscious mind. The stinking thinking, we call it. All of the stuff when we're walking to our car, the stuff, stuff circulating in our mind. So what he means by being thought is that we are being controlled by our thought rather than being in control of our thought. Now that is it, and people don't even understand that. Like unless I, until I explain this, I'm like, wow, I could be in control of my thought. You can, it takes practice and it takes work and it takes present mindfulness. It's about being in the present moment and being the orchestrator of your own thinking. Too many people are just going about their lives in a, in a perennial daydream and they're being controlled by the fears, the doubts, the worries, I can't, the what ifs, et cetera, et cetera. And we could change that by practicing, by taking timeouts multiple times a day and redirecting our thoughts 
focusing on what's in front of us, having an attitude of gratitude, thinking about what we're good at, what we're grateful for, and build from there and achieve anything we want. Okay, so I'm walking in my car, all these things and thoughts are flooding into my head. What do I specifically do to take positive action? You walk with a lighter step. All right. So the first thing to do is like how you how somebody's gonna walk to their car is gonna be the same exact way every time they do it. How somebody takes a shower is gonna be the same exact way. If you put a clock on it, it would be precisely the same amount of time because everything we do is habitual, meaning it's controlled by that subconscious. The first step is to become present and aware and literally walk more slowly to your car. Because in order to walk more slowly to your car, you have to intentionally do that, which now puts you in a mindset of consciousness, of of mind control. You get to think about what, you're, what you want to think about. During the automatic walk, your mind's doing it for you. And it's usually littered for many people with the doubts, the fears, the worries, that subconscious thinking, thinking, I call it. I love that. So the next thing I want to talk about is, you know, I, I actually woke up this morning and I started doing things with my left hand. Can I tell you, if you are right-handed, this will just freak you out. It is the hardest thing imaginable to use this hand for anything conscious. And I will, does, have you ever tried that? That, that's a perfect, what you just said is an absolute perfect example. Because whenever we do things differently, we have to be in a conscious present state of mind to do, to do whatever that it is that we're doing differently. Whenever we are in a conscious present state of mind, we are the ones that are, are in control of what we're thinking about. We could, we could think about our dreams. We could focus on our desires. We could think about what we're grateful for. So that's a perfect example, kind of like what I just mentioned, walking with a lighter step. Um, have dinner with your left hand. That puts you in a present state. It puts you in a controlled mental state, believe it or not. And it's from that standpoint where you can really begin to solidify a very, very powerful mindset. Mind controls your feelings. How you feel controls your outcomes. I love it. I absolutely love it. So um, married, yes? Yeah, 22 years. Congratulations. What's the secret to a good relationship from a psychotherapist's perspective? Yes, honey. Yes, honey. <laughs> I love it. It's, That's you know, very funny. All right. Did all you guys hear that? Yes, honey. You're right. You're right. I'm wrong. But, it, but to be serious with you, the, the, um, it's really, I do a lot of couples counseling as well. The, the issue with relationships is when you have two people that, you know, they've been, you, you kind of take things for granted and you don't even realize it. And that's the person that you're with all the time. And it gets to a point in a lot of relationships when they really start to go in the wrong direction is each individual in that relationship wants the other person to understand them. They want them to think the way they do and get things the way they do. But it's got to be the reverse. We have to go out of our way to try to understand the other person's thought process, and the, other, the reasons why our significant other is doing what they do. And we have to accept that and, and not fight that. And it's always, it always boils down to this I'm right or wrong thing. You know, later on in relationships, when they really start to go south, the ones that do, it's, it's this sort of like ego comes in and it's like, I got it. I'm right. You're not. You know, you got to understand where I'm coming from. And if we could take a step back, swallow our pride a little bit and just even pretend that we are, we're agreeing and understanding where the other person is coming from, that will start the process of that relationship moving in the right direction. All right. So let's say a couple of they're, they're, they're done. They ran their course and now they need to separate. I talked to a lot of people in that. It's frustrating. It's scary. Uh, what do you recommend for couples that are definitely going apart and they're freaking out? Yeah. Uh, you know, first, step number one is this, right? So with a relationship, I, I always tell couples, a relationship is like an engine. An engine has parts. If one of the parts is not working well, the engine isn't going to work well. A relationship has two parts, the two individuals. If one, per, one of those parts is not working well, the relationship isn't going to work well. So during your separation, focus on yourself. 
focus on being a better person, focus on, on uh, teaching yourself how to regulate your emotions. I, I really do believe that sometimes distance makes the heart grow fonder. I believe that. I actually think, believe it or not, couples that have been together for a long time, I think there should be a break once a year from each other for like a week. Where you oh, can yeah? Kind of I really do. Where you could regroup, you know, assess things, and then it really, it really just kind of c- cements the seeding in your mind of, yeah, you know what, that person, what am I thinking here? That person's the most wonderful thing in the world. But when we're in each other's up, uh, grill all day long. That whole you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. I love that. Yeah, it's true. It's so true. do you guys do that? Well, uh, we do, but not by, because I have to travel and stuff, you know, to do lectures and so forth, gone a few days here or there. But I realize, like when I come home, it's like, I can't wait to go home and hug my wife. And of course my kids, but it's like even a stronger, yeah, I do that every day, but it's really, really felt more so than not when you're away for a couple of days. All right, so you have a crazy positive attitude. I have a, a thing that I do. What's your first memory in life? My, my first memory in life was being, uh, one of my youngest memory was being upstate New York with my parents and my family. I was probably three or four years old. And I don't know why. I just remember that we were with some family friends and this woman, Linda, just gets on a horse and so it takes off on a horse. And, uh, and then I'm just sitting there and then she comes right. back on a horse. So what? I, and I love this. I couldn't have predicted. What decision did you make about life based on that moment? Well, you know, what's interesting because the view I have of that is it's, it's almost like something out of a movie. This woman takes off on the horse. It's this beautiful open field with a hill. And it kind of reminds me of like Shawshank Redemption. You know, when, um, when uh, Red, not, uh, yeah, when Red finally gets out of jail and he goes and and, right, but, what, know, okay, what, but what decision did that little boy make? Think about this because I'm going to show how I'm going to tell yeah. you my audience knows what I'm doing. Go for it. So I think the decision there is for, for that for me is that, you know what, the world and life is phenomenal. Okay, so it I got a crazy thing to tell place. you, Tom. So I've done this exercise with thousands of people and you are in the top 5%. The top 5% of this nation that I've discovered through about 10,000 people I've talked to has a positive, and I'm sure that that's prevailed your entire life. That life is beautiful. I can go get it. I get Absolute, that from you. 100%, 100%. 100%. Can you imagine, and especially psychotherapists, most people's decision about life in the early days when is somebody molested me, I'm not enough, I don't matter, life is horrible. And that's the decision that they made on. And that seems to be running their entire future from this four-year-old yep. memory. Yep. So congratulations on being the top 1%. Literally. <laughs> the hat. You just don't hear this. And every week I do this to people and most of them end up crying because it's so negative and so bad. And it's not what happened to them. It's actually their decision. Yeah. Yeah. And And we don't realize it's not what, you know, it's not, we we often think that we're victims of of what has happened to us, but that victim mentality can really fester and grow out of control like a weed. And we have to just sprinkle some, some light on that and some, some drizzle on that. And let it become a rose. Let it become a flower. Because for every negative thing that has happened to us, there's 10 great things going on right around us that we're not even aware of. But we have, to just, we have to use our left hand and walk slowly to our cars. It's really, really true. And then take, I mean, I, I, every day, I, I'm very aware every day, but I, as what I, I practice what I preach. And what I do two or three times a day is I take personal timeouts. I check out of everything. I turn my phone off. I go to a private room where nobody could find me. And I sit and I close my eyes and I breathe for 15 minutes. And I direct my thinking towards everything I'm grateful for, towards every goal that I know I'm going to achieve. And there's nothing that's going to stop me. And, and so far, it's, it, that's, it's all happened. You know, and it's just well, the mindset. I love that. that actually just sounds wonderful. Uh, have you ever studied about breathing, about what your breath really is all about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yep. 
So, you know, it sounds that you are living all this very mindfulness. What's next for you? What are you looking forward to? So I can't wait for this new book because um, this is really my thing right now about the problem with our society as a whole, with, particularly with kids right now, is if I ask a kid, whatever age you are, if I ask the question, who are you? The typical question is, I'm John, right? And I want them to say, when I say, who are you? I want the answer to be, I am powerful. I am spiritual. I am motivated. I'm determined. I'm confident. And, and I'm, I'm just a great human being. But you have to check wow. in. You have to check in with yourself. Too many kids are checked out. They're in front of their screens all day long, and they never get to know who they are deep within. So my mission with my, late, my new book now and the existing one is to really, is to really reconnect families again. You know, we got these fam- uh, uh, parents and their kids that barely know each other nowadays because everybody's looking at the darn screen. And I want, you know, and the whole goal is just to solidify that again, to reconnect families. You know, it's, I'm just as guilty, though. How do you disconnect from your screen? I actually took my kids horseback riding, and the big thing they promised was, oh, you're away from all of your internet, and I went nuts, literally went nuts, because when I came home, there was thousands of emails and texts and people going, where are you? And it's like, maybe you don't want to be totally disconnected. That's not really the solution today, is it? Well, it's finding the balance, you know, like uh, average kids spending somewhere between eight and nine hours a day looking at a screen. That's an imbalance. Like when I'm doing my lectures, I'll tell people, you know, so why is technology bad? Well, I'll say going to the gym for an hour a day is great. Going to the gym for eight hours a day is a problem. Having a glass of wine, fine. Having eight or nine glasses of wine a day, problem. Um, Going on a screen for an hour or two. What's that? I said, wait, wait, eight or nine was a problem? Just checking. No, just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, I got you. I got you. Depends how you look. Depends how you look at that. But, it's supposed um, to be the day, you know. Yeah, well, well, yeah, you know, it depends yeah. what's going on in your day, I guess. You know? <laughs> hey, you know what? The whole thing we love doing on the show is being disruptive. Talk to me. You hosted something on the Food Network. What did you host? So that was, you know, when you talk about things that you really want. So I got selected for this show. It was called Can Dinner Save My Family? About six years ago. Um, and the whole concept was taking a, a family that was dysfunctional, mother and, and the kids, the dad wasn't involved. Um, one of the kids, I think the kid's in jail now, actually, but the kid was in uh, juvenile detention at the time and, and re and, and, and getting that family back to being a family again around the dinner table. So for 30 days, they were, they were, um, they had to prepare meals together, sit down and have meals together with the whole idea that the family dinner table is where everything starts. Um, so that show, the pilot was picked up, they aired it on food network. They didn't pick up the series. It would have been a great series. It was just a little bit, a little out of bounds for the Food Network. You know, there was some food elements, but it wasn't foodie enough, the show. So it didn't really fit into their, their slate of different shows. So, but it is what it is. I've done several other shows and there's always, who knows? There's always something well, around I love the, the concept. All right. So for somebody, I, this is the world that I live in. We got a couple minutes for our next break. Um, and since my next guest is kind of not here, I'm going to keep going. Um, what's been your experience? What's one of your favorite highlights you can share with my audience about being a host on a TV show or being on a TV show? I think the, the big, biggest highlight, for me at least, all right, this is literally what it is. All it is, and you know this too. So when people say you're good on camera, I, when I'm on live TV, whatever, and there's 3 million people watching on like Tucker Carlson or something, I don't even know the camera's there. Like I'm talking to you. I don't even really think the, know that the camera's there. So it's just me being me. That's it. And, and, and people hopefully feeling my energy and understanding because there's a lot of transference that goes on with human beings, energy level to energy level. Um, so it's really just, it's just trying to, you know, when I'm doing these shows and stuff, just being me and hopefully people gravitate towards me because I have a lot to offer people. Well, but I'll tell you something. I teach a class called Crush It on Camera. 
because I also spend a lot of time on television. One of my secrets is that I can go on home shopping anywhere in the world and I have to sell between two and $5,000 a minute. So how you hone those communication skills. You know, I often trick people and I say, so when you're talking to the camera, like on your Facebook live, who are you talking to? And they'll go, oh, the audience. And just like you, it's like, no, you're not. There's only ever one pair of ears, one pair of eyes, and you're talking to one heart. And it's funny because I think instinctually you just nail that, don't you? Did you ever get taught to do this or did you just know how to never, do it? Never. I went in when my, the first book came out. They sent me into the city. This guy, Gary Knoll, the anti-aging guy, he has this uh, radio show. And he also has some, had, had a TV show on PBS. So they're like, oh, we're going to send you into the city. Go into the city, New York. Uh, so I show up at this place. There's some dude with a camera, <laughs> some woman. And they're like, all right, so tell us about your book. So I literally just talked for an hour. And you could tell I could talk. And when I was done, the lady comes up to me. She goes, have you ever done any TV? I'm like, no, why? She goes, because you're a natural on camera. And I said, what the heck is I that? Love what is it? I don't even know what that means. So, um, and then just one thing led to the next. Talk shows. I've been on tons of those things and whatever. It's just, I don't know. It's just my way of reaching more people. It's just being me. I mean, that's all it is. That's how I look at it. All right. So say somebody wants to be in that world. Have you thought about what it would consciously take? Um, even maybe just, I've got two more. Uh, actually, I've got a minute. So you know what? I'm going to save that for when we come back because one of the things I've discovered is you're one of my more fun guests lately is that people get a chance to be in a podcast. And how do I say this nicely? They suck. I'm sorry. <laughs> did I say that? Oh yeah. No. <laughs> it's okay. You can say that. Well, but you can't be boring on a show like this. You get such, I mean, you have, you're reaching millions of people right now. They're, yeah, engaged, yeah. they're excited. They're enrolled. And that's the whole thing that we do. Um, and so I just want to know what, if you can think about what's one of your secrets you can give somebody who's like, Oh, I don't know how to do this, but I have to. All right. So yeah, no, no, no. Can't do it right now. I got to go take a break. I really can't talk for an hour. Uh, and I love it. Uh, right now I'm going to go off to my sponsors and my engineers just said, why did Forbes just yell in the microphone? My ears hurt. Um, <laughs> you guys you're listening to Forbes Riley, where you never know what you're going to get right here on the Forbes factory. We focus on health, wealth, and of course, your happiness. So if you go away, you're not going to be happy. I would kind of come right back. Yeah, go to the bathroom, get a snack, but be right back here about two get minutes. Get back here. Yeah. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. If you hate going to the gym, but want to shed that extra weight, finally get a flat stomach and tight toned arms, we have the most unique solution. And get this, it's fun and takes less than five minutes, two times a day. Developed by Fitness Hall of Fame inductee and TV health expert, Forbes Riley. The Spin Gym is the most compact, low-impact, resistance exercise ever developed. This simple handheld device provides the most unique fat-burning, metabolic-boosting workout suitable for all fitness levels. You've seen it on TV and in print with more than 2 million sold. What are you waiting for? Get your Forbes Riley Spin Gym at buyspingym.com. Order now and discover how easy and fun it can be to get in the very best shape of your life in just 5 minutes. Guaranteed. There's never been another product like the Forbes Riley Spin Gym. So try it risk-free for 30 days. Visit buyspingym.com today. Do you feel you have a bigger life's purpose than you're currently living? Of course you do. Activate your passion as you tune in to Sovereign Self with host Sophia Renea Morales. Become the conscious creator of your own life. Connect with your most powerful and purposeful self in order to make big things happen for you now. Sophia and her guests are doing this every day and are sharing how you can step into this power too. 
Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to The Forbes Factor. To call in with a question or comment, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. Now back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley. And the party just got more fun. I'm like, I'm watching some of my Facebook live feeds and I've got amazing people. I want to give a big shout out to Alvin Law. He is a phenomenal story and an amazing man. If you don't know it, look him up on, on the internet. Just powerful. He was born without arms and he can still give you a hug with his heart. So big hi to him. Uh, right now, we've been talking to Tom Kirsting about success, psychotherapy, mindset. And with that, we conjured up a beautiful woman. And I want, <laughs> because that's how I determine how smart you are, how beautiful you are. No, but it's kind of like dueling psychotherapists. Right now, I want to introduce Hillary. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist and a relationship expert. Now, this is going to be interesting. See, Tom's been married for about 42 years. He doesn't look it, but he has been. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I'm on my second and I'm more in love than ever, but I can't wait to meet and hear all about you. Hillary, big, big round of applause. Woo! Oh. <laughs> Thank you so much. How are you? Oh, I'm excellent. I'm excellent. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I love it. Hi. Oh, you're very welcome. Hillary, where are you right now? I'm in a sunny Southern California. Ah, okay. So mm. you bought, no, no, come on. I'm down here in Southern Tampa. You guys are both in my hometown. So New York is where I'm from. LA is where I spent 25 years and I love it. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Right. I'm, I'm saying so, boo because I'm jealous of the weather. No, you're it's very windy out. today. I, yeah. broke, I broke too many credit cards on my windshield to ever go back to New York unless I'm doing a Broadway show. <laughs> I'm going to show you something out my window right now. This is what it looks like in New Jersey. Oh, okay. It's beautiful. Uh, it is beautiful. So we have the nice, beautiful fall colors. So that I'm appreciative of. Yeah, send me some leaves. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually, I'm heading to Seattle tomorrow and I hear it's freezing, like literally 32 degrees and I'm a little nervous. Like I have to unpack my coat. I don't wear coats here. All right, <laughs> uh, Miss Hillary, how did you get into the business of relationships? Oh, yes. Um, I think from a very young age, I just was always curious about human nature and I, my own family of origin um, issues. And I just really wanted to figure out people. So I studied psychology and then I went and proceeded to get my master's degree and been a licensed psychotherapist going on 19 years. All right. One of the single biggest piece of advice about relationships go. Oh my goodness. Know yourself. I think we have, we all come from some form of trauma in our life, whether it's a big trauma or a little trauma, and we're going to attract that in a relationship. If we don't do the internal work before we actually get into the relationships, we're going to attract that partner that will magnify our deepest core wound. And if we're not really aware of those wounds, then we're just going to continue to repeat patterns from our past. So, I think so if you're listening, that is an insanely profound statement that we attract somebody because of our deepest wound. Ooh, that, mm. that, that explains like divorce big time. <laughs> yes. Why does that? 
Um, and I, I do a, a transformational training and it's fascinating to see how patterns do emerge. And when you're not the coffee in the cup, you can easily see what they couldn't should have done. Mm-hmm. You are the coffee in the cup. So do you suggest that you go get some healing first before wanting to be in a relationship? I think it's wise. I think we're always, always should be in a process of discovering ourselves and developing and growth and expansion. I mean, obviously, I think that's coming to people more and more earlier in their lives, which I love seeing. It didn't come for me until later. I was in a, a, a relationship. I attracted the very thing that I feared the most. So I've been there, done that myself. Um, and I think it's the best thing you can do is really doing the work as you go along and you're doing your healing journey as you're in a relationship. I think it makes it a lot easier that to, and you will attract a partner with that same type of mindset. You have a much better ability of being successful in my opinion. So the question I ask everybody is what is your first memory in life? My first memory in life is just the being loved by my family. Just the pure, just being. Oh, no, no, go back. Give me, give me, give me a specific. I want to hear one. Oh, a specific. Okay. A specific. Okay. Come my on. first, oh, good one. Okay. My first, my dad restored, um, old Cadillacs. So he had a 1956 Cadillac. It was baby blue with white leather interior and the seats were really high. And I was probably about three years old and I'd love to sit in the, in the front seat while he washed the car and watched just all the little designs on the window with the bubbles. And then I was just, I was just happy to be there. Right, with so, my dad. so what does So based on that memory, what decision did you make about life? Um, well, here's the kicker is then I got out of the car and I fell out of the car and I hit my head on the curb and I cracked my head open. So, that- no, okay. so I, you know what? Okay. So Hillary, let me share something with you from all the work that I do in my personal training. That's exactly why you end up attracting the wrong guy the first time. Because what was the second is what decision did you make about life based on the second moment? Right. So it was like life is fun and beautiful and exciting. And then life can be very scary. Right. So you fall and you hit your head and right. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, but what's fascinating, and this is a crazy thing that I've come to, that I'm focusing on intently, Mm. is that, first of all, that life happens for you, not to you, and that you, based on this decision that you make about life. So, Mm -hmm. for example, I had two clients fall out of a tree, oddly enough, break their leg. Uh, Mom and dad, the first guy didn't help him. He wasn't there. And so, but strangers took him to the hospital. His conclusion is, wow, people will always be there to help you. He became a pastor and a social worker. Second guy Mm -hmm. is the same thing. Mom and dad are not there. His decision about life is, screw mom and dad. You can't trust anybody. They're never there to help you. Mm-hmm. So it seems that you create this operating system based on the first memory. I have never heard anybody, Hillary, whose second traumatic memory, which then kind of squishes the first one, was so fast. Usually it's a traumatic thing. Somebody's gotten molested or hurt between the ages of 7 and 12, and it mm-hmm. really scars, and they spend a good 20 and 30s trying to work through that mess. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that you need to kind of let that part go because it's pretty loud in your head. That, And I'm sure that you have because it's the work that you do. Mm-hmm. But how sad to have squished that beautiful memory. Tom, by the way, is my top 1%. Tom, tell us your decision about life based on your memory. Come on. But my decision, I mean, my, I told you my earlier memory was just that life is pretty damn good. I, I've been pretty fortunate. You know, I no, don't really... Not I don't fortunate. Any... No, no, no. It has to do with the fact well, that your first memory is seeing like the sunset yeah. and the trees and the... Yeah, the horse, the horse jumping over the fence, the grass blowing in that field, the lady coming back and me like four years old laying on the ground. Right, but it's a come back and kicked you in the head. So yeah, then, you're right. Then I probably, who knows? My whole life would be different, probably, right? That would be my right. yeah, oh, And it's so interesting. So, Hillary, it doesn't surprise me that you spent a lot of time trying to figure this out. Tell me the second time. How are you involved in a relationship now? Currently, I'm not now. Oh, that's interesting. So, mm-hmm. how long had you been in your first one? In my marriage? Yeah. In my marriage? Um, I was married for six years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you have kids? 
I do. I have two boys, 14 oh, and 12. They're 14 uh, and 12. Are they doing trick-or-treating tomorrow? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. My oldest son, 14-year-old, oh, spe- has special needs, and he's going to be Peter Pan, and he's so excited. <laughs> and my oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, because my twins are turning 17, mm-hmm. and I've come to understand that, you know, until I get to be a grandma, we're not going trick-or-treating again. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Chad>. Lucky you. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I just shared that my, my, my kids' uh, version of a Halloween costume last night at a party was we uh, went as shark bite victims, poured Cairo syrup all over them. I'm like... That's not really a costume. They're like, no, no, for Halloween, we're going as the purge. I'm like, oh, gosh, no, 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 no. <laughs> All right, so you're both in similar fields, but a little different. Tom, mm-hmm. will you ask Hillary a question for me? What's something you might want to know about her? Um, so what, what, as a therapist, what do you, who's that in the background? That must be your muscular husband. Um, I see oh. the background. Yeah. <laughs> Joshua, well, he's so going the question to. I ha- the question I have for you is, um, what do you think of that muscular guy back there in the back? Of the, uh, <laughs> he's a pretty handsome guy, right? Is it? Is, is she doing pretty well? <laughs> I, no, think wait, see, not, I think Forbes has got it it's figured not real. out. It's, a, it's, it's totally a costume. No, it's totally a costume. Uh, it's a shirt that he does. No, actually, have a seat in my seat for a second. Come say hi to Hillary and Tom and the whole world. I'm glad. I'm glad I don't have. I'm in pretty good shape, but I'm not in that <laughs> oh. kind of shape. For crying out loud. <laughs> no. How you doing? So, <laughs> this is Joshua, and Joshua's actually going Joshua. next week for his next Mr. World Championship. But Tom, real quick before we get to Hillary, um, tell him about the book that you wrote. Ooh. So the my latest book is called. Um, no, your this first kid, one. Your first one. The, fir- the first book I wrote was called Losing Weight When Diets Fail, based on this whole power programming method I created to help people subconsciously take control of their eating habits, subconsciously get themselves motivated to get up in the morning and go to the gym. Because, you know, I mean, you're a guy that's obviously in really good shape. So people, you know, getting in shape and being healthy is a choice. Anybody can do it. So if somebody wants to lose weight, you have to put the effort and the time in. It's as simple right. as that. It's not going to fall out of the sky for you. And obviously, you put a lot of effort and time into it. Yes, so I'm very motivated. Well, but how yeah, we could tell. We could tell. Well, what's interesting about Joshua for me as somebody who's amazed about motivation is that he just does it. It's never like a, I mean, there's never a day I'm not going, right? Well, I was thinking about what motivates people or what motivates me. And it's the people that's in your life that motivates me. It's, it's my wife, it's my kids, it's my parents, it's the people who I grew up with. Those are the people who motivate me because if, if it weren't for those people, I wouldn't be here. That's right. You feed off of one another. That's that's fantastic. You got a great guy here. Joshua's the man. Um, seriously, really good guy. So, Hillary, but from, from a perspective of you kind of in Beverly Hills, what do you think about a man who just walks around wearing no shirt all the time? <laughs> I think I think you've got it figured out, Forbes. You're 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 right on the money. You're doing an excellent job. You guys looks like you're enjoying, and that's all about it. It's like you're enjoying life. You're enjoying each other. It's well, not well. So it's what's that? I've been training her well. <laughs> yeah. He's a smart man. I love this guy. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. You guys are but it's basically. Very hard uh, all right. So I'm getting ready for the. I love the direction the show has taken. This is amazing. <laughs> Great. That's what makes it good. Oh, wait. Okay. Wait, 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 before he goes, and because Hillary has no idea. Hillary, do you know what this is, by the way? Um, hold this it. My, I can't really see. Yeah. So this is my spin gym. This is my signature. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. No, that looks amazing. Oh, so give, give, me, give me a little bit. Uh, you yeah. Let's do it, Joshua. Let's see how oh. it works. Well, because everyone says to me, does he actually do it? Do you use spin gym? Of course I do. Why? Because it kicks your ass. Come on. Seriously, you spend two hours in the gym. How can that little thing kick your ass? It just does. Yeah? It's those little micro muscles that we don't use in the well, daily. Not really. No, no, no. No, 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 actually, no, it, it works no what is it? 
biceps. It works your entire upper body. You got leg workouts, which I mostly use it to warm up and, and pump up for, for uh, my shows. It's a great traveling device. It's the best fitness product in the world. I need to get that one of those. Yeah, go. well, I'm going to make sure you do. Well, thanks, Joshua. <laughs> nice meeting you. Well, okay, that so was great. that's actually one of my best success. I know, right? Like, I've, like, I've had that. Go, yeah, go off, off script. Forbes, well, I, I have to talk. I think I need, a, I need some lessons from Forbes on, uh, you know, how to uh, make, make it the second go around the so, best one. So I haven't answered, I haven't answered your oh, question. Right. So the, okay. um, I have to ask her a question. I know I got distracted by that hunk back there. Um, so what, what type of people, mm-hmm. as a therapist, what type of people do you like working with the most? What age group? What? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great question. I find um, young women, I lo- I'm very involved with a lot of younger women just starting out. Same thing, like I was talking about in your 20s, getting that, getting your, figuring out what your core beliefs are, what, what's happening in your mindset. Like you, you're a mindset coach and you do a lot of training in that in the subconscious. I, I love to activate that in my clients. I think if you, the, the younger we get to these women, I would love to save somebody from the old, the things that, that I went through in order in my own relationship. And like I said, doing it, doing the work in a, at a younger age is the best time. So that's, yeah, that's great. I love mm-hmm. that. Actually, I, I, I actually, think that's, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Actually, I just have to warn you guys. We're two minutes to the end of the show. I got oh. a little distracted with Joshua okay. as well. Oh my gosh. But hey, why not? So I, I got to kind of wrap this down. And Hillary, do me a favor. Go to Forbes Riley at Gmail. Send me your address, your mailing address so that you can get a spin jam. Okay. You like have one. And, uh, and, your, and your phone number as well. Uh, to wrap it up, I can't believe we're this at the end of the show. Hillary, something that can inspire my audience to think about all week long. My goodness, that was like, I think just spending, I, I think the best thing you can do is really investing in yourself, self, spending time with your own self, internalize, like spend, meditate, get close with yourself, speak highly of yourself, talk to yourself the way that you want somebody to treat you and really, you know, take care of yourself. Do you know, like all the things that you guys are talking about? Meditation, exercise, self-love is, is the best thing that is the best medicine out there. I completely agree. Tom, you've got 30 seconds. Go. So I'll leave this with your audience. And it goes back to what, what I said earlier on. It's kind of like the little engine it could. I remember reading that to my kids. Whether you think you can or think you can't, either way, you're right. So I don't care what's going on in your life. If you start changing your can'ts to cans, you're going to get where you want to get in life, period. I love it. And just stay love motivated. That. What I do every week is I tune into Forbes Factor Live because I have the most amazing guests. Uh, if you're listening live, tomorrow's Halloween. Be safe. Have fun. Enjoy one or two sweets. But you know what? Spin Jim. I'll tell you what. You have all the candy bars you want. <laughs> all right. On that note, well, actually, here, here's my orange pumpkin. I wish you guys a lot of love. Be safe. As always, you're listening to Forbes Riley right here on the Forbes Factory. Focus on health, wealth, and happiness. And may I bless you all to be as happy as you can possibly be in this life. Till next time. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks, Forbes. Thank you. Nice to meet you, Tom. Thank you for making the Forbes Factor an important part of your week. Be sure to join Forbes Riley again next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. We'll see you again soon.